All right, welcome to the I Can Deal With This Podcast, episode 28. How we doing, boys? We got the brothers in arms. We got Ben. We got Buddy. How we feeling? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Doing good. That, good, good, good. Man, y'all got too much energy I'm for me good. today. We over here in the quarantine. The quarantine how, how, how are you guys feeling? It's, it's week four of the quarantine. We got, this is like day like 24, but it feels oh, like no. day 1,000 with yeah. no sports. How do you guys feel about it? Still dying slowly but surely on the inside, but I'm getting through it. <laughs> things are great. Things yeah, are great. Things are awesome. How do you feel about it, Gabe? How do, how does it feel? You again have skipped out on us and are not at the podcast because you want to be quarantined. <laughs> I get it. You got seventeen Just bring siblings. Bring hand sanitizer with you, dude. He's got he's got like seventeen siblings. You can't blame the man. All I mean, right, you get it. Lord. But how do you feel about the yeah. whole quarantine situation? Day, I think this is day like twenty one without yeah, sports or something like that. Yeah, I've been getting my daily dose of sports with like. 2K. No, doesn't no. does no, not no, count. No, 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 no. <laughs> Buddy, Gabe, did you uh, did you watch the the 2K tournament? Nah, I, I didn't. I didn't get to watch that. No. Dude, apparently, like, apparently, a lot of people tuned in to watch yeah. that, which is wild <laughs> to me to watch grown men just play as themselves on 2K, which is wild. I would give anything for like one of them to stream it on Twitch or something because I'd watch it. Because I bet you they get into it. Like Kevin Durant's playing NBA 2K with like oh, Donovan yeah. Mitchell Dude, or something. I, I bet I bet that like the 2K that they were playing was like a child-friendly 2K. <laughs> but if they like – if it was one-on-one like they in, would be on, tweet, like, on Twitch, like they like, would be going me. ham. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they meet each other like virtually to fight. That would be funny. But, I mean, so we, we talked about this as like thir- the – third fourth week with no sports but i gotta hear your guys take on this so we saw last week wrestlemania which isn't technically professional Mm. sports but it is professional wrestling wrestlemania was last week and so the question is on everybody's mind kind of oh also also one more thing we got to talk about we got to talk about UFC. We got to talk about Dana White <laughs> saying that he's going to buy his My own man, Dana, island. Dana White bought an island. Bought an island <laughs> to, to just like literally the sole purpose of buying the island was to put on some wrestlers, put on some fighters. And apparently UFC 243 is still supposed to be going on. You, uh, Khabib back at, backed out. And yeah, so Tony Ferguson is going to be now going against Justin uh, Gaethje or Gaethje or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's wild. I mean, uh, maybe UFC is the trailblaze is going to trailblaze us back to normalcy. I mean, who knows? I know Adam Silver with the NBA, he was saying that yeah. the NBA should be kind of the trailblazers back into normalcy where we go back to what we kind of were doing before all this stuff mm-hmm. happened. But it's going to be interesting to see, especially because at one point Dana White said, we're going to continue as usual, and then he had to back off of that stance, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of going back to we're going to be doing our own thing. We're going to be still having fights and having events and all that kind of stuff, so it's going to be interesting to see. Well, I think in Japan, that's where the that's where the Olympics were going to be, right? I think in, yeah, in Japan, yeah, it was going to if, be they, if it does get postponed or canceled or anything like that, I think who's going to be the trailblazer is probably going to be the NFL. Yeah, it's probably gonna kind of slowly yeah. but surely ease us back into that sports season, so. dude. I dude, I tell you what, man. If like college football and the NFL gets kind of like 
People are going to go crazy. It's if awesome. it gets postponed yeah. or it gets suspended or even canceled, oh, dude, no, the no, no, world no. is going to go – or America as a whole is going to go mad, mad. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself yeah. if I can't watch football or basketball. Dude, like, yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those things in which you never know kind of – you really never know how delicate and how much you take for granted all these things until they're gone. I mean, yeah. you really have a – a newfound like appreciation for live events, plays, musicals, concerts, concerts uh, sporting events, all this stuff in which have kind of been ripped from our grasp. But mm-hmm. so quarantine's happening right now. The coronavirus is running rampant. A little bit corona talk. We have about over 1.4 million people in which are infected over the entire world. Uh, you have over 81,000 deaths over the entire world. 271,000 people have recovered, though, which is yes. freaking awesome. Yes, that is that is awesome. Now, I do have a question for you, though. All right, I'm going to name. I, I want you to name the top five countries dealing with the coronavirus right now. Who do you think is the top well, five? The America, well, America first off. America is uh, number one. Uh, I want to say like France, Italy. maybe. France number is number two. four. Number four. Italy for number. Th- Italy is number three. So you have one, three, oh, and four. Spain is number two, I think. Spain is Spain. number two, and uh, it's England? in Europe. England? No, I don't, England. I don't know. The UK is number eight. Okay. With fifty-five thousand cases. I don't. I, I don't know who the next one be. Gabe, try. Come on, you got. It's a. It's a big name. Know. It's a big name. Germany. Germany. That's the oh, last one. Okay. Oh, okay. And and I tell you what, guys. Like, I know that not a lot of people are dealing with it just because we have over three hundred million people in the United States, but we're leading. Like, we have the most cases by a lot. Like. We have over we have almost four hundred thousand cases. When the next up is Spain with about a hundred thousand cases. Dog, do you did you see a video of a bunch of kid, a kid, a young kids on a beach, and one kid came up to like a reporter and was like, "If I get the coronavirus, like yeah, screw but that it. was like, that was like spring break, so that was like early on. We're not talking about now where like everything's been canceled. That was like week two of like, hey, we should kind of like take this seriously. But I tell you what, I went on this show like two months ago. I think it was in either January or February. And we had this kind of Corona talk again. And I went on this show and said that this wasn't going to be a big deal. Like it seemed to be plateauing. It seemed to be maxing out and it is definitely a big deal. So I definitely have to eat my words. But yeah. I tell you what, man, it's scary. I mean, you got so many people, you got 80,000 people which are dead. And I know that it's kind of like, it's the it's old eerie. people. And it's, yes, it's, it's eerie. eerie. It, it kind of just lingers. That's the worst part about it is like, yeah. with Ebola we had a couple of years ago, it was like, it was there and then it was gone. And it was scary and then it was gone. But, yeah. but this, like, we're talking about, it could linger until next year like mm-hmm. they're talking about school being canceled not only for the rest of this year but literally until 2021 being canceled so I that's crazy i like, cannot it's it. crazy but i tell you what man it, it's a crazy time it's crazy it's crazy being with the i can't deal with this podcast too we're still continuing to grow we have over 714 followers the goat bracket's still taking off we got over 1200 likes 
Um, thank you. Some, for, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, on each poll that we have, we have about 800 people in which vote on it, which is literally crazy going from literally two weeks ago having 80 followers to almost 10 times that having 715. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, but I got to talk to you guys about this next round. So we have the final four. We have Michael Jordan, which beat LeBron James. We have uh, Tom Brady, which beat Jerry Rice. We have Babe Ruth, which beat Mike Trout. And then we had probably the most surprising to me, yeah, to was, me too, honestly. was Muhammad Ali beating Tiger Woods. So we have in the final four this next matchup, we have Michael Jordan versus Babe Ruth and Tom Brady versus Muhammad Ali. Why should, why should Michael Jordan go on? One question for you championships we have such a we have such a big emphasis on championships and michael jordan is six and zero. and we talked about it on last week's podcast he is the level of consistency that everybody admires to be when he comes to the finals he is the he best up. and if you talk about there's a stat in which literally without him Without him on the Bulls, I don't even know if they would have got one, for sure. I mean, th there's a stat on the internet, and it said that with Michael Jordan, by himself, he has contributed 4.2 championships to the Bulls, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's more than anybody else all time. Um, and so I'm going with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, the best. He didn't play – if. Just imagine if he would have played for that year and a half when he tried to play baseball and sucked. I want you guys to know, Michael Jordan, you're the greatest of all time. You're the greatest basketball player please of all time. Please don't but play baseball. Please do not play baseball, bro. You were terrible. You're you were garbage. really bad at it. But I'm not sorry. No, it, hey, my boy, my boy Michael Jordan was like one for twenty-five. Like he had like a point one three. Batting average, and that like that is that gets you cut. That's, that's cut that's, off. That's bad. That's bad. That's pretty bad. But Ben, on the other side, we I told you why Michael Jordan should move on. Why should Babe Ruth move on? Babe Ruth should definitely move on. First batter to hit fifty home runs in a season. First batter to hit sixty homers in a season. Two time All Star, seven times World Series championship. Uh, rings at 1923 AL MVP. He did grow up in a different time than us, but at the same time, when it comes to baseball, Babe Ruth will always be the face of baseball to me. See, he will always thing. be the face. Here's the thing: is I I told I've told you the last two weeks segregation, integration, stuff like that. Babe Ruth played in a segregated league, but I thought about this on my way home from the podcast last week. Babe Ruth also played on one of the greatest teams, like not even him, but he played on with Lou Gehrig. He played with the Iron Horse. He played with like four other Hall of Famers in which you can't, you can't knock Babe Ruth for being on a good team. But without Lou Gehrig, without the Iron Horse, I don't know if they're – Without Steve Mickey Kerr, Mantle. without Scottie Pippen. Steve Kerr sucked. Without Scottie Pippen, though. Okay, Scottie Pippen, I'll give you credit. <laughs> you could, you could but Steve, Steve Kerr literally would average like 10 minutes a game, give you 1.3 points per game, and two assists. I'm just names here. And you, and you know any, anybody other, would help Other Jordan. than Dennis Rodman, other than Michael Jordan, name me one more other than Steve Kerr that was on that Bulls team. 
Besides Scottie Pippen, you mean? Other than Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Steve Kerr. You can't do it. No. I can name I can name big name players from the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties Yankees team more than well, you can you're the nineteen ninety five. Huh? Now you're spending too much time on Wikipedia. No, I'm just hey, I'm just a baseball connoisseur, but I'm just saying that I'm 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 out on Babe Ruth because I think Babe Ruth played in a different era. He played with inferior talent compared to Michael Jordan, who's I don't going know. making 50 home runs in a season for the first time in MLB history. That's got that's got. Yeah, but look how many times people have done that in today's society. We have. We have Barry Bonds. We have Mark McGuire. Barry Bonds hitting 79 home runs in a season. Barry Bonds uh, or Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, they break in home run records left and right. And I think it's just because they were throwing 90 miles an hour, which is chump mm. change compared to 103, 104, yeah. 105 miles an hour, which is in today's society. But we move on to that to the other side. We talk about the GOAT for football, Tom Brady, versus uh, – Muhammad Ali. So I'll start with you this time, Gabe. Why should Muhammad Ali be move on to the national championship? Why should he move on to the finals? Man, Muhammad Ali has a record of fifty six and five. Man, I mean that's, that's wild. That's that's insane. That just shows how great he was for a sustained period of time. I mean, Muhammad Ali won a gold medal in nineteen sixty, and then four years later. At the age of 22, he became the youngest heavyweight champion. So that just shows like just how much of a natural talent he was. And he beat the likes of he beat a young George Foreman, who was like one of the top fighters. Like, and that was after he came after his break for being out of the boxing for so long. So just doing all that plus his impact outside of boxing, I think that's why Muhammad Ali should move on. I mean, just the, and also just, if you watch Muhammad Ali, like just a boxing match of Muhammad Ali, you can just see like how coordinated he was and how much balance he has. Cause boxing, like boxing isn't easy and moving like that as a heavyweight is just insane for someone like Muhammad Ali. So that's why I think he should move on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with buddy on this one. You talk about George Foreman in his prime down goes Frazier down goes Frazier. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest boxers, but also one of the best civil rights activists. He, like, he trailblazed a whole anti-Vietnam uh, movement. I mean, because he was so against, kind of, he was a pacifist, didn't want to go to war, and so he kind of trailblazed that whole anti-Vietnam kind of sentiment. But why should Tom Brady been? Why should Tom Brady go to everybody the championship? Everybody knows Tom Brady should go to the championship. Like everybody knows this. He's got six <laughs> rings, four time Super Bowl MVP, fourteen time Pro Bowler. Did you say four time? He's a six time Super Bowl. No, I said four time Super Bowl MVP. Oh yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I said now I said fourteen time Pro Bowler. He is the third in passing yards in the NFL and I will say Drew Brees, does, he, Drew Brees might have the most passing yards, but he does not have as many rings. And he doesn't put up – I don't think Drew Brees puts up the yards that Tom Brady does in the play, in playoff season. Like, I'm, I, think, I think Tom Brady is the GOAT of all time, unfortunately. I don't like the Patriots, but Tom Brady, I respect his game. I, I'm saying Tom Brady. Like, let's okay. go. Okay. So, that's going to be that the – you, the listeners, are going to decide who should go on to the championship on Thursday, uh, April 8th. 
on Thursday, actually not April 8th, April 9th, um, we will be having the first Final Four matchup, Michael Jordan versus Babe Ruth. And then April 9th, this Friday, we will be having um, the Muhammad Ali versus Tom Brady. And then Saturday is going to be the championship. So by this time next week, we will figure out who is the greatest of all time, who is the GOAT. Who's gonna, who's gonna win? Me. I'm actually gonna win, and Tom Brady is. So I was about to say vote. you have two dogs in the fight. So I was. Gonna I got see, two dogs in the fight. I was gonna see which one you were gonna. Babe throw Ruth. To the if bus. it comes down to Babe Ruth and Tom Brady, I'm gonna go ahead and claim myself as a winner, and both of them are gonna win. They're both gonna get a ring. So I disagree with you, but so I had so I had this kind of crazy idea, and I know that we have this kind of. Um, we have this recurring segment um, called Guess the Stat, but I wanted to hear you guys' opinion on Guess the MVP, okay? So I'm going to give you a stat line. I'm going to give you the year in which they won the MVP and their pers- position okay. as a last clue. And so I'm going to see whether you guys can get it. I'm going to give you the stat first and see if you can get okay. it, and then I'll give you more clues if you need them, okay? Okay. So this person won MVP in 2006. He had 24.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds a game, and 3.4 assists per game. Who is this MVP? Um, Tim Duncan. You are incorrect, sir. Oh, really? Okay. Tim is Duncan it? was 2003-2004 era. Oh, okay. Gabe, you got an idea? Is it Kobe? No, it is not. No. All right, oh. this is your last hint. He is a power forward. Um, oh. Okay. Wait. Ben, you want to take another one? I, I, no, I have no, one no, more no, hint. Give me like two seconds. So, he has 24.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds a game, and 3.4 assists and per game. You said he's a power forward. I, I he's a power forward. Ben, who, or Gabe, who is it? This is Derek, isn't it? It is Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. That's yep. it. I could not think of his name. I was like, yep. he Dirk. Dirk. The, uh, the Memphis. Yeah. No. I can't D- Dirk was. Dirk was a beast. Actually, during the kind of two thousands, they weren't putting up stellar numbers. To me, when I saw twenty four point six points per game, I was like, ah, that's not. I mean. We have probably 10 players in yeah. today's NBA, which is going more than that. But I want to show you the most shocking one out of all of them. All right. This guy had – he won the MVP in 2005. He was – he averaged 18.8 points per game. He had a league-high 10.5 assists per game, but only had 4.2 rebounds a game. Who is this MVP? I will tell you the position if you need another hint. If I get it wrong, okay. Um, what 2005-2006 season. Allen Iverson? No. That, too, you're too early. Oh, okay. Also, did yeah. Allen Iverson win an MVP? Yeah, he won one year. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, he won one. I know he won a scoring title. I didn't know I, if he won I, an I MVP. think it was in the 2000s when he won, too. I think it was like earlier, though. So, I'll say it again. 2005-2006 season, 18.8 points per game. A league high 10.5 assists and 4.2 rebounds a game. Steve Nash. It is Steve Nash. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw got it. I got it. it I got it the second. second the second oh. Gabe breathed. I was like, oh wait, no. It is Steve uh. Nash. All right, we got two more. We got two more. All right. Now, if you don't, I will give you this one hint. 
and I'm not even going to read the stat line. Unanimous MVP. The first unanimous MVP. The first unanimous MVP. I, I know it. Go, go right ahead. Steph. It is Steph. Steph. In his, in his 2015-2016 yeah. year, he had 30.1 points per game, 2.1 steals, 5.4 rebounds, 6.7 assists. Dude, that – that 2.1 steals mark is wild. That's that's important, too, because you can get a lot of points off uh, turnovers. Oh, for sure. All right, last one. And this is the highest scoring one out of all of them. All right? So, this guy was in 2013-2014 year. He had 32.0 points per game, 7.4 rebounds a game, 5.5 assists, and 1.3 uh, steals a game. LeBron James. You are incorrect, sir. Really? Oh, what year did he win it that I'm KD. thinking of then? It is KD. That's his. Oh, Kevin that's Durant. His yeah, my, yeah. That's... My mama's my real MVP year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you got – some of you guys, the, the biggest one that threw you off was the Dirk one. Yeah, that, that threw me off for sure because it sounded like you were talking about Tim Duncan for a second. No, Tim so Duncan like, and Dirk had very similar numbers, but yeah. Tim Duncan was more kind of in that realm of – had a lot more rebounds, kind of was mm-hmm. – av- he would average 25 points a game but also would average 10 rebounds a game. But mm-hmm. since we're talking about Tim Duncan, we got to talk about the Hall of Fame class, which just happened the other day. We have Kobe Kobe Bean Bryant, which piece. is introduced into the Hall of Fame. He's inducted. He actually – he's one of the first people ever to kind of mm-hmm. bypass the system yeah. because of his tragic death, which rest in peace, Kobe. Yep. Um, but – you got Kobe, you had Tim Duncan, and KG, yeah, and Kevin Garnett, uh, Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. in which are in 2020's draft cl- or, uh, Hall of Fame class. So, I have a question for you. I'm going to read four Hall of Fame classes, and I want you to rank them best to worst. Okay? Okay. Because if you're talking about Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. We're talking about over 42, yeah. 44 all-star appearances. Yeah. We're talking about over, I think it's about 12 titles, So, yeah, which is about, wild because I know Tim Duncan, things. I think, had four or five. Yeah. Kobe but had five. Kevin Garnett had. Kevin Garnett, I think, had two. I think he had, yeah. Anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to give you guys, so remember – 2020, this draft class, Tim Duncan, Kobe, KG. That's the first one. All right. Next on the list, kind of the second most recent, is 2016 where we had Shaq, Allen Iverson, and Yao Ming. Then we had 2009. Did I say draft class again? I think so. I don't know why he keeps saying I draft think, class. Uh, yeah, MVP class. Ha- Hall of Fame Hall class. Of fame. 2009, we too. had MJ... David Robinson and uh, John Stockton, and then way back in 1980, we had Jerry West and Oscar Robertson. So, I want you guys to name them from best to worst. Who has so, the best draft class? Who is the worst? I'll name them again: 2020, Tim Duncan, Kobe, Kevin Garnett; 2016, Shaq, Allen Iverson, Yao Ming. 2009, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, and John Stockton. And then in 1980, Jerry West and Oscar Robertson. And I want you guys, even though we kind of have this like, we're kind of 
a little bit biased now towards recent players. Yeah, you got to talk about John Stockton. Gotta you got to talk. Oscar Robertson, you got to talk uh, about Jerry West, the logo, yeah. Oscar Robertson. So, what do you guys think? Which is your best? And name them one through four. So I'm gonna go from worst for sorry. Worst. Um, let's see here. Honestly, I'm probably gonna have to give the 19. No, no, no. I'm gonna give the 2009 actually the bottom just because I don't just because really of John, just because With of MJ. John, just, yeah, but just because of John Stockton. And David, John and David Stockton averaged like no, I will. I know. No, no, I will say my my dad. And I'm doing this because I'm a little bit biased. My dad it wasn't a John a John Stockton fan, and he wasn't a David Robinson fan. And I'm gonna base it off that. I'm not gonna lie, bro. He would always talk that trash. Ben, Ben, Ben. <laughs> and I'm gonna be that guy to do it. The first, the first, no, the, the no, the, no. The third stop, one. stop before you nah, go. Come to the on, next one. <laughs> no. MJ, Michael Jordan, the goat. David Robinson, Everybody knew he was Mr. Go to the quadruple fan. Double. He is one of two players in NBA history. David Robinson is one of two players in NBA history to ever get a quadruple double. Why didn't I like him then? That's and then so John weird. Stockton averaged about 14, 15 assists a game. He is leaps and bounds above everybody else in the assist category. I'm going with two, the 2009 Hall of Fame class is the best out of all those. See, I gotta go with the 2009 as my best, but buddy, who's your best or who's your worst? For my best, I know you said don't be biased, but I mean this is not biased. I'm gonna go with 2020. Just that's a good one. I mean, yeah, that, that class has the most rings, and just as far as like where they all rank on the all-time list, like the average number for the all-time is like higher, I think, for those guys than the rest of the list. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so he has 2020. I have the 2009. Ben, I know you said you were going to go worst to best, but who is your best out the of best, all of them? Um, 2016, I think, was Sha- oh, with Yao Ming, Shaq, and Allen Iverson, I believe. Yeah, that. I mean, that's a yeah, good that's, one. I mean, Shaq was always dominant. dominant. Allen Iverson, wow. a scoring machine. Yao Ming, who was probably one of yeah, the, the biggest wastes of space you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Bro, that <laughs> man was 7'6", and like – he was an all-star, and I think what he did, his biggest accomplishment in the NBA is creating a connection from China to America. And like and that, in, and, and it, that it, it in introduced, the NBA. I think, with um, Yao Ming getting into the NBA, I kind of introduced overseas players coming into the NBA. Yeah. I kind of introduced that yeah. a little bit more, and we've seen a lot of stars from that, like Luka Doncic, or uh, probably Luka. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. There's been a lot of people that have come from Europe and China and all all over the place to play in the NBA, and I think Yao Ming was kind of the pioneer in that. For I'm sure, right. for sure. Good point. All right, buddy, I want you to give us – I know you said the best, but give us the rest of the rundown. All right, you said 2020, 2020 was uh, your best. What's the rest of your list? Uh, second, I'm going to go with 09, Jordan the Goat. See? The rest of those guys. And then third, I'm going to go with 1980. Really? And then Okay. Yeah. And then fourth, I'm going to go 2016. What what why do you put 1980 above 2016 cuz we ha- we haven't even said anything about the 1980 class yet. What makes them so special? Yeah, I mean, back in the day like like I think nowadays like nobody really looks at Oscar Robinson as one of the best players just because, like, 
we I mean we weren't there, so he kind of gets forgotten. Same with Jerry West, but I mean they both were like really good players. And Jerry West is the logo. Like when you turn the NBA on, you see Jerry West every single time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with 1980. That's where I put them above 2016. Okay. Despite Shaq being there. Okay. Uh, ben, you said your best and your worst, but who kind of fills that middle ground? So the middle, the the second one's going to be the 2020 class. Okay. Yeah, because I love Tim. I've always been a Tim Duncan fan my whole life. Obviously, Kobe and Kevin Garnett, they're just – I love Kobe and I love Kevin Garnett, so they're obviously going to get the second spot. And third is obviously going to be 1980. Okay. So I'm going with – I said 2009 as first. I'm going 2020. Um you're, you're right. I mean, we're talking about Tim Duncan, probably one of, if not one of the greatest, the greatest power forward yeah, but uh, one of, the best of all time. Like um, we're ever. talking about Kobe being Bryant. I would put him second among shooting guards just behind the GOAT, Michael Jordan. And then Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, I didn't know this, but Kevin Garnett was like an eight-time like all-pro defensive player. I mean, was this man was player. locked down. Um, and so you can't put that past anybody. Um, my third one, I'm going with Shaq, Allen Iverson, Yao Ming. Yes, Jerry West. Yes, Oscar Robertson were great. Um, but we're talking about two two out of those three are some of the most dominant kind of scorers in NBA history in Shaq and Allen Iverson. And then the last yeah. one, 1980, Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. Very I think, well. that, I think well, that was good. That's good. I think yeah. that you're smoking crack if you no, think well, the only that thing- the 2009 MJ D- <laughs> David Robinson and whatever his name was Don't is judge last. When I smoke, Jacob. It's very judgmental of you. <laughs> the fact that you put them last is wild to me. Still a great class, though, regardless. But like, I mean, you're right. they don't catch my eye. Sorry. Michael Jordan doesn't catch your eye. Everyone knows that Michael Jordan was going to go to the Hall of Fame. Everyone knew that. Yeah, but but that doesn't take away how great the draft class was. Everybody knew that Kobe was going to be in the Hall of Fame. And the only reason why he's not in the 2022 or 2023 Hall of Fame class is because he tragically died. And that's a terrible event. But just because we know that Kobe isn't going to – just because we know Kobe's going to get in the Hall of Fame at some point doesn't take away how good the draft class is. <laughs> I think in other news, I think you're smoking crack. <laughs> if you guys could have one item signed by any sports player you've ever wanted in your life, what would so, it be? So any memorabilia, anything. Any, it could be a pair of shoes, a shirt, any player too, any player at all. Any singular player. Any singular player. Gabe, you want to you want to take this one? Wait, what was the question? So you can get any piece of memorabilia, uh, a jersey, a pair of shoes, oh, a baseball, okay. basketball, by any player in the history of sports. Who would it be? I am taking the first pair of Jordan ones that Michael Jordan wore on the court. Okay. Like those buy, and probably. you would get Michael Jordan to sign them. <laughs> you would get Allen Iverson to sign them. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, I think those are my favorite, like basketball shoe, like of all time. Those Jordan ones. So that's what that's what I would take. I'm gonna take Sammy Sosa's corked broken bat 
and get Sammy Sosa to sign it. My boy was cheating, and imagine it going up to him <laughs> with his cheated bat and be like, "Bro, can you sign this for me?" <laughs> that would be no. wild, dude. You know what? You know what? My or, or get one oh. of or get one of Barry Bonds' injections. <laughs> get it. That's actually that's a really good one. That's funny, dude. I'm sorry. Dude. Go ahead, man. Okay, I would get Zion Williams. This is gonna sound kind of crazy coming from a Tario fan. I would get Zion Williamson's blown out shoe from oh, the, that's from a the good game, one. Dude, from the game, and I'd give it to Zion. And I'd be like, okay, I know you hurt yourself really bad. You didn't play that whole game, and you lost by double digits. But can you please sign? Can you please sign this? This dude, shit. that's funny, man. That'd be I, wild. I find it hilarious that we're literally like talk. Like some of these are we're not some talking about just, just like. Can you sign my jersey? We're talking about Barry Bonds' needle injection. And, and Zion's broken shoe. And, and Nike and, got like ripped for that Michael one, Jordan's sure. game-worn shoes, which I guess that's normal. Yeah, that, that's but, normal. But they ours is funny, dude. Yeah, banned. I would I would kill for those pair of shoes. I would, I wouldn't even care. <laughs> uh, during care David Ortiz's, he, he's a first baseman DH for the uh, Boston Red Sox a couple years ago. He was about to retire, and there was this huge, like, controversy. So he went on this, like, farewell tour type thing, kind of like Kobe did. And about three or four years, three or four years prior in uh, the Baltimore Orioles Stadium, he just started wailing. <laughs> he hit – a phone and just busted it to pieces. And on the farewell tour, they gave him the phone as his farewell present. And that would be something that, that is, I would do. I just, I just thought of this. I would get Aaron Hernandez to sign. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyway. Dude, that Aaron Hernandez that documentary, documentary is wild. Is wild. Oh, man. Some of the stuff. You know I what know. documentary is also back crap crazy? Tiger, Tiger King, King. But so I know Ben's watched it all. I've watched the first two episodes. Gabe, have you watched Tiger King yet? No, I haven't. I'm gonna have to add it to my list though. Bro, make it sound good. I tell you what, man, that thing is wild. If you got a Gabe, if you got a Saturday and you you ain't got nothing going on, I highly recommend it. Like. For sure. You got to just make it past the first episode. The first episode's kind of slow, but after that, dude, yeah. things get it's, wild. It's kind of yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. That, th- that third episode's gonna blow your socks off. Oh, it's dude, I'm, awesome. dude, I, I don't want to be like, <laughs> I left the second episode where like there was like a sex cult and <laughs> yeah. there were two straight guys and I was yeah. all confused and I was, dude, I left that episode like. Dude, what's yeah, happening? What is going right on? What do people do for tigers? Yeah, like that must be awesome. Now, now I have a question, and this is one of my go-to icebreakers. All right, so what is your all-time dream fast food meal? So you can have any entree, any drink, any side, and any dessert from any fast food place. But hear me out. You cannot say if it does not have a drive-through. I do not consider it fast food. So Five Guys, as good as it, good as it is, is not fast food. Oh, really? It okay. does not have All a right. drive-through. You do, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so entree, and it can be a mix and match. You can go. So, for instance, mine. 
I'm going with a double Whopper, good old classic double Whopper from Burger King. I'm going some cheese bites from Cookout. Boy, those cheese bites be smacking. I will. Then I'm going. I'm going with the fruit punch from like a Cookout or like a Burger King. They're always great. And then I'm going with the frosty, a good old fashioned chocolate frosty. A one. If I were to die right now, I'd be a happy man with that meal. What do you think, Ben? (laughs) What is your entree, or what is your entree side? All that kind of stuff. So I would want a spicy chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A. Um, curly fries from Arby's because I don't typically eat at Arby's, but their curly, curly fries, fries are, are good. pretty fire. A, a milkshake from Cookout, Oreo, a Oreo okay. milkshake, okay. and to top it all off, I will probably have to go with those cheese bites too. From Dude, Cookout. I'm I telling you, I would, bites. I would want if I if that was another thing I'd add, I would totally, I would get that the, the curly fries, the sandwich, the the milkshake from. Oh, Dude, and we're getting a, like a lot of like that is we're getting fire on that podcast. So, a lot of people are tuning in from around the country, New York and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to know y'all are missing out on Cookout, man, because Cookout's only in North Carolina, in Tennessee, in South Carolina, and I think it might be in Virginia, but that's like it. Yeah. Well, did y'all have it in Missouri? No, uh-uh. I didn't even. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's not a it's not a national change, dude. If I was in Pennsylvania or like California, I would drive to North Carolina just to eat some cheese bites from Cookout. Honestly, but Gabe, what is okay. your fast food? You, no, you kind of crack. entree. I was smoking crack. No, you smoking crack. Uh, I'm gonna go We're with. We're smoking crack together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with a baconator from Wendy's. I'm not talking Ooh. about the sun. I'm not talking about the sun. I'm talking about like the real deal. Okay. Okay. And then um, also I'm going to go with Arby's fries. Can't go wrong with those. I'm going to go with the Chick-fil-A sweet tea for my drink. And then a milkshake. Steak and Shake has drive-thru, right? Oh, yes. I forgot about Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake. Yeah. Hey, Steak and Shake's bomb, dude. I have it. Yeah, I'm there, going there's a steak and shake near like anywhere in, like where I'm at in Charlotte. There's a steak and shake in Concord Mills area. That's right. But and there used to be a steak and shake near the church, but it closed down. But steak and shake, I tell you what, steak and shake slaps. But every time I go, it's always like the service is literally terrible. Yeah, and so that's kind of my biggest thing of like, it's. I don't know if I can go with Steak and Shake, but Steak and Shake does slap. I, I will give you that. All right, so yep. the last thing that we got to do on this podcast, we opened it up to our listeners, and they sent in some of their most overrated players of in sports right now. Okay? Um, so the first one, Ben, tell us who, what, what's their player and what's their name. This this guy is Alex Z. Greer, and he's saying Aaron Rodgers, and he says Aaron Rodgers, and here's why. Now I will acknowledge first off that I know he has great stats to back himself up, but not even as a New Orleans fan, I know Drew Brees is so much better. We can't credit a quarterback for being great without him successfully throwing the ball, but Drew Brees did just that, passing over 5,000 yards for five years in a row. More than any quarterback in history, by the way. And Aaron only has how many passing titles? Also, the popularity race that he now call that we now call the MVP is ridiculous. It's not void in any circumstance. Okay. And then there's one more Aaron Rodgers guy. So tell us, tell us why the other 
guy thinks Aaron Rodgers is overrated. So A A J F zero two one five says Aaron Rodgers in his two thousand eleven MVP season, Breeze has more yards. Uh, more total yards. Breeze had 5,476 yards and 46 touchdowns, which is ridiculous, and a better completion percentage. They also both lost in the same playoff round. In Rodgers' 2014 MVP year, Breeze had a better completion percentage and more yards. In the Packers Super Bowl season in 2010, the Packers had the second place defense for points and fifth for yards, but their offense was only 10th in points and 9th in yards. That concludes my essay. Hello, thanks for reading. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so it, I'll, I'll go. I'll go after one of you guys. Go, but what do you guys think of both of them? Are kind of saying the same thing. Aaron Rodgers, both of them are great, but they're saying that Drew Brees is pretty much. They're saying Drew Brees is better yeah. than Aaron Rodgers, and that Drew Brees isn't getting the acknowledgement that he needs. What do you guys think about? Well, that? Well, I think Drew Brees is now starting to get the recognition that he that he needs ever since he broke the the pass the passing yeah. record. I th- that's what I personally think. I think they do make some pretty good points though. But I'm not going to discredit Aaron Rodgers. I think I still think he's worthy of an MVP in my opinion. So I so I would go with from what I heard from both of them. I think that they're completely 100% correct. Drew Brees is one of the greatest, and I would say career-wise, he is greater than Aaron Rodgers. But I think that shows more of how Drew Brees is underrated more than Aaron Rodgers being overrated. You cannot cannot tell me that Aaron Rodgers, with all his accolades, with all his abilities, isn't a top-three quarterback in this league, a top-five quarterback in this league. I mean, we're talking about A.A. Ron, who took over the – the kind of system from Brett Favre and led them to a Super Bowl in his first two years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all times, but I think what they showed, what they talked about with me or what they saw or what they just read is that Drew Brees is 1,000%. He is underrated and he needs to get more recognition. Yeah. But that doesn't tell me that he is – that Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Yeah. Gabe, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't take anything from Aaron Rodgers. His his talent level is something that we haven't seen probably since, like, Patrick Mahomes came into the league. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree. It shows more how underrated Drew Brees is and, like, how much love he hasn't gotten compared to how much love Aaron Rodgers has. But I don't think – yeah, I don't think that shows that Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Okay, okay. Now we go on to the next – we go on to the next overrated. All right, this one comes from – this one comes from WildYD underscore 123. He says Bryce Harper's under overrated. And he says, the Nationals have kind of fallen off. He's had a couple good seasons at first, but with the Phillies, he hasn't really done a whole lot. So, uh, and I think there's one more that says the same type thing. Uh, Jaden Fuscone, um, he says Bryce Harper because he's he's way overpaid and he's really not the best of the best in my opinion. So, what do you guys think? Both of them say both of them say that Bryce Harper's overrated. What do you guys say about that? That's kind of surprising. Honestly, a lot of my a lot of people that I, that I know that whenever they talk about Bryce Harper, it's very 
you know, they, they talk about him with a lot of respect. They talk about him with a lot of like, they know, they know a lot, of, a lot of him and they know about him and all that. So it's kind of interesting to hear that. And what did he say about the nationals being like the net? He said the nationals have fallen off, which isn't the case. Cause the nationals are the latest champ I, world he, series he, champions. I, I was about to say, yeah, I don't quite, I don't quite know what yeah, he's talking I, about, but I will say as a baseball fan, I think that Bryce Harper has next to Mike Trout has the most athletic ability among anybody in Major League Baseball. But the problem is is that he consistently every year doesn't live up to that ability. He doesn't live up to his potential. And so I agree, and we'll talk about it with OBJ. We'll talk about it with Kyrie. They have all the talent in the world, but if they can't put it together, then they are overrated. And Bryce Harper right now has the second biggest contract behind only Mike Trout. And if you can't – if you tell me that you can't hit 260, 270 in a given year, then you're overrated for sure. If you're getting $330 million over 10 years, that's a lot of dadgum money. That's a lot of dadgum McDoubles. All right. It's unfathomable. Unfathomable. Gabe, what do you think about Bryce Harper and all that kind of stuff? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's usually the conversation that comes about whenever, like, a team wins some like the championship as soon as a player gets released. But I mean, like you said, Bryce Harper's talent. I mean, you can't blow past that. I don't think he's overrated, but I mean, he is making a lot of money to be not be doing as good as he should be doing. Yeah, for sure. All right, Gabe, what is your who is your person and what do they have to say about the most overrated? So this is from Jay Stern six three three. He says, "I think the most overrated player in sports is Kyrie Irving. He is an electric player with the highest of highlights, but has not contributed to the Celtics or Nets. The Nets were better with D'Angelo Russell than Kyrie." So I, I, I agree with what he's saying. Um, Kyrie, like you said, he's got all the talent in the world. He, I think, he has the greatest handles of all time. But I don't think Kyrie is good enough to be the alpha dog on a team in the playoffs because with the Celtics, we saw what they did without him. They went to the conference finals, took LeBron to a game seven. And then Kyrie comes back and the Celtics don't perform as well. They went to the conference final with Isaiah Thomas before Kyrie got there. So just I, I think Kyrie, he's good enough. He's good enough to be like a future Hall of Famer. And he's had a bunch of clutch plays. But as far as being a leader on a team, I think he's more Robin than he is Batman. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I think you put that well. well said. Uh, do you got anything to add to that? I heard the name D'Angelo Russell, and I will say he was one of, I think, one of Brooklyn Nets' like most low-key, like good players. Like he, he was good. I saw him live against the Hornets. He was a, a monster. But as far as all that goes. I do somewhat agree. I respect Kyrie's game, but he makes a very good point. When he left Cleveland, everything slowly but surely just did not work out for him. Yes, he had a lot of highlight tapes and a lot of highlight clips from Boston, but like overall, since since he's been with the Nets, I've not been that impressed. Uh, When he played for the Celtics, I was – Pretty impressed, but right now I'm not impressed with Kyrie, and I gotta agree with 
that statement. He's kind of yeah. Overrated. I'm I'm going with Kyrie's overrated too. Um, I I'll buy into the the whole idea. There's to me three problems with Kyrie. One, I think that one the first biggest problem is his immaturity. I mean. If you look at the Celtics team, when he was supposed to be the top guy, he drove that team apart. Yeah. I mean, that team had all the talent in the world. You're talking about Al Horford when he was kind of at his peak. You have Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. You like, have all these guys. But God. if Kyrie isn't a good leader, then nobody really it, – it can be divisive, not unifying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest strong, strengths of a – of a Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. of a Kobe, of a LeBron James. They bring yeah, and make things make people better, not make them worse. And I felt like Kyrie was making them worse. The second biggest problem is injuries, man. I mean, Kyrie yes. has all the talent in the world, but as we speak, he's out for yeah, the season with yeah, a I'm about to say. What, what happened with him? I know he's out for the season with an injury, but do you know what he injured Gabe? I think it was some with the shoulder, but that's beside the point. But every time, every single year, it seems to be something new in which sidelines him for as little as 10 games as much as a whole season. So, to me, I just can't say that Kyrie is great when he he does have all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't – he's always injured. He doesn't have the maturity to be that – Batman. I think he has all the talent to be Batman, yeah. like you said, Gabe. But his maturity is a like a child, like a Robin. Isn't he still in his twenties? <laughs> Wait, isn't he like twenty? Uh, but he so he is in his twenties, but he's like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. Which, if you're looking at a Giannis, if you're looking at a Luca, if you're looking yeah. at a Trey Young, they have probably more. John ja Morant probably has yeah. more maturity than uh, Kyrie Irving. So mm. I think Kyrie, once again, has all the talent in the world, but if you can't put it together, if you can't kind of put together a full season where you're not getting hurt, and being hurt isn't on him, but at some point you got to draw the line. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Ben, who is the next overrated player? So the next overrated player we got, I think, is Tom Brady, coming from Torgerson.27. Twerkerson? Torgerson. Torgerson. Oh, I thought it yeah. said Torgerson. Nah. Tom Brady, because the New England Patriots are so good because of Bill Belichick, not Tom Brady. It takes a team to win a Super Bowl, not just a quarterback. Belichick built the team, not Tom Brady. But Brady is still a very good quarterback. So from Torgerson, that's a, yeah. That's an interesting point. That it's is all, an interesting point. Belichick versus... And it's one of those things where they've always coincided with one another. And I think yeah. this year is going to be the biggest year of, like, What's who was happen? the Patriots? Yeah, who, who was the foundation of the Patriots? Because if the Patriots go to crap, then yeah. that shows that Tom Brady was the, the guy. If the Patriots lose more than six games, Patriots fans are going to be the worst. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would say that if the, if the Patriots fail to be even – then that shows that Tom yeah. Brady was the guy. Yeah. Because Tom Brady last year didn't have that many people to throw to. He, he, he didn't have a first, Grant. Like, he round. didn't. Ju- he did have Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman was hurt and was he was kind of a shell of his former self. The the yeah. best guy he had other than Julian Edelman was Philip Dorsett, who still hasn't done a whole lot. So I think more of 
Yes, it is Bill Belichick's team, and yes, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time, but I'm going with Tom Brady is that guy who you go to in the fourth quarter, that you go to in overtime. And so I'm going with Tom Brady is on par. So we used to have this on segment par. which overrated, underrated, <laughs> on par. I think that he deserves all of the accolades, all of the praise mm-hmm. that he gets. Yeah. But I don't think that he is – the best. I don't think that he's underrated by any means. And we talked about it last week. He he isn't the strongest or he isn't the fastest. He isn't the most accurate. But when the game's on the line, you trust Tom Brady. So what do you guys think about Tom Brady being overrated and it's Bill Belichick's team? Gabe, go first. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's on par because I think you, you say this all the time, Jacob, how like Tom Brady's not the best at like one thing, but as far as like everything combined together i mean he's he's a good quarterback yeah and the things that you don't see on the stat sheet that he does for a game as far as impact i mean i think that's still that's still there even at his age now so yeah i think he's on par okay ben what do you think i think he's not exactly overrated i think him and bill belichick are close to being on par I think Tom Brady is a little bit above Bill Belichick because Tom Brady's the one out there making making those plays work. Bill Belichick doesn't really have too much to do with how those plays work. It's all about it's all the players doing it. Yeah. And so I think I think Tom Brady is just an inch above Bill Belichick. Just in my and just in my well, mind. I mean, you look at it, Bill Belichick, as great as he is, he isn't an offensive coach. I mean, he, when he came from the Browns, was a great defensive coach. When he came from the Jets, he was a great defensive coach. And so he has taught Tom Brady. He has elevated Tom Brady's game. But I don't think – I'm with you. I think that Tom Brady is above Bill Belichick. And I think that without Tom Brady, I think that they wouldn't have won six championships. They might have won two or one, but I don't think they would have won six. All right, so we got my boy – uh, the next one is the Robbie Lanier, uh, my boy Robbie. So here's what he has to say. He ha- he says Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is the most overrated because it's like he decided to clock out after only six weeks or call me crazy. Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers fans will always proclaim him as the GOAT, but his perform lately doesn't always line up with this statement. Rodgers – Rodgers fans always say his team, but yet they never say anything about Brady and his team. Brady received a stellar defense in 2017, but his receivers haven't been the top tier since Moss. Sure, he had Josh Gordon. However, Josh Gordon didn't really go off the charts with New England. I guess you could say he had Gronk, but Gronk could barely finish the season. In his in his recent Super Bowl victory, he had Chris Hogan as his mm-hmm. wide receiver two. Think about yeah. it. <laughs> Hogan was his wide receiver one <laughs> slash two really for the first four games. Edelman was out for a suspension. All I'm saying is Rodgers doesn't live up to this hype. Now I'm confused because he said Rodgers and Dak. <clears throat> let's, yeah. go with, let's go with Dak and Rodgers. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers enough. So yeah. we talked about how Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't lived up to the hype. So I will say that he is somewhat Those overrated. He's not the guy anymore, but I still think he is a top five quarterback. But let's talk about Dak. Do you guys think Dak is overrated, underrated, or on par? A little overrated. 
a little overrated because he. Why, why do you say that? I don't. He's not fun. well. First off, for me, he's not fun to watch. I don't. I could watch anybody else, but Dak Prescott. Honestly, um, that and he's just. He, nothing about him is captivating. Nothing about him draws my attention. Nothing about his throwing ability. Nothing about his his speed. Nothing about him really captivates me and, and makes me want to watch him. I think he is overrated, especially for for Dallas fans. Yeah, I think he is overrated. Okay, um, I think that uh, I think actually that Dak's a little underrated, just because mm. um, I think Dak's a very very good quarterback, and I think Dak is a top five, uh, top seven quarterback mm-hmm. in the league mm-hmm. right now. But people always look at the wide receivers. People always look at Amari Cooper. They always look at Zeke, the running back. They always look at the offensive line. But if you're talking about one of the most powerful offenses in the, in the NFL, the quarterback is the kind of pinnacle of that. And I think last year, Zeke didn't have a stellar year. And I think that Dak had to come into his own. And I think Dak deserves his money. And he is on franchise tag and all yeah, that kind of stuff. But, uh, Gabe, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm also going to go with a little underrated as well. Um, I think something that Dak has that a lot of like these younger quarterbacks don't really have, I think Dak is a really good leader. And I think he's more of a leader for that team than like Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and all them are. Um, and, I mean, Dak, he, he almost hit 5,000 yards. I mean, I know, like, you can't really look at stats like that, but, I mean, like, 30 touchdowns, 11 receptions is, I mean, that's pretty good. Plus 4,900 yards, that's good for a quarterback. And I think he's often overlooked as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. And then, Gabe, what is your – so we can kind of wrap this up. What is your person and what do they have to say? I think it's something with OBJ, right? Uh, No, this one's Lamar. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So this is DJ Space Monkey underscore YT. So he said, (laughs) he said, Lamar Jackson is so overrated because he's just a running back who can throw decently. Yes, he had a great season passing, but if it wasn't for his rushing this year, he wouldn't have won MVP. He and the Ravens lost in the first round against the freaking Titans. The freaking Titans. (laughs) So I'm, I don't think Dak. I mean, I don't. I don't think Lamar is overrated. I think he's just on par, just based on the fact that this is his second year in the league, so he's still got like so much to learn. Plus, um, I mean, he the impact he had on the Ravens. Like Lamar is like so hard to plan for and so hard to like game plan a defense for. So I'm gonna have him on par. But the thing. The one thing Lamar does need to work on, though, is like he definitely needs to work on his throwing because when you get behind in games, you can't be keep running the ball and taking time off the clock to get back in the game. You have to be able to throw the ball, and that's something he's. I think he's going to improve on next year, so I have him on par. I would say that he's on par, but the only reason is is that I think that yes, he is impossible to plan for. Yes, he is a great runner, but he also led the league in touchdown, uh, passing touchdowns. I mean, he could throw the ball when he needed to. Um, Yes, you can say what you will about his running ability and stuff like that, but he isn't just a running back. He, He can throw the ball. 
he can throw the ball 300 yards a game and still run the ball 100 yards a game. So I'm going with he's on par, if not a little bit underrated. I'm, I'm going with on par, too. He had a spectacular season, I will say. <clears throat> He's not going to do anything but keep getting better, and it's going to be really exciting to see. So I'm going to say he's on par. All right. And then, Gabe, you had one more, right? Yeah, I had um, Will. This is from Luke underscore McLaren 11. He said the most overrated player of all time is Will because he played against a bunch of small, unathletic dudes, and he dominated them like anyone else would. I know he played against – My boy wanted to say – Small, unathletic white dudes. I can see it in my soul that he just didn't want to put the white. I heard it too, I think. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Sorry. He also said, I know he played against Bill Russell at the time, but bigs in the league today go against other dominating players and put up a fight, and they aren't considered being all-time great. So I'm – Will is like a myth. Like in (laughs) in basketball, like he's a myth, like – I don't think there's there's not much film on him playing. So, like, these stats, like, we just look at them and we're just like, wow. But we haven't seen, like, him actually play and put up those stats. But I I'm I still think Will is a top 10 player of all time. But I'm going to go with he's a little overrated just because, like, I mean, one, I guess you you can't blame him for being, like, physically gifted in that time. Like, that's how he was created. But at the same time, you have to put an asterisk on all those stats he put up. Because also back then, the rules, there wasn't a three seconds in the paint rule. So Wilt could just stand there and grab rebounds all day if he wanted to. Plus, there was no shot clock. So, like, he could just sit there and do that all day. So I'm going to go with Wilt's a little overrated. I'm with you, too. Um, I think that – I mean, my like, yes, he did play against kind of unathletic, kind of smaller white dudes. I mean – you're you're probably looking at somebody in which a six foot six guy was guarding Wilt Chamberlain, who was six eleven to seven foot seven one. So I do think he is a little overrated, but you can't. Yeah, kind of like you said, uh, Gabe, you can't blame him for being a athletic specimen in that kind of time period. What you think, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I think he I think he is overrated. I gotta agree with everything for sure. All right, and then the last one, the last overrated. Who we got, and then what's their – who are they saying that is overrated? Timmy McNeil 04 says, most overrated player in sports is Odell Beckham. He has never been to the playoffs once in his career, and he he is still viewed as a top receiver. He only had four touchdowns last season playing in every game. The ball goes his way so much, and every now and then he makes a great catch, and everyone thinks he's insane. He is known for one catch, and – I got to completely and utterly agree. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is not that great of a wide receiver. And I knew he was overrated when he was playing the Panthers their their Super Bowl season. When he was wide open, nobody was around him. And Eli Manning threw the ball beautifully to him and he completely dropped it. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is not that great of a receiver. And I don't think he, he he may surprise everyone next season. But as far as receptions and touchdowns go, like he is really not that good. He's been in Jarvis Landry's kind of like shadow, but he hasn't gotten out. And I don't think he's going to. Uh, buddy, I'll give you a second. But I would say that I would say that Odell Beckham's overrated, but for different reasons. 
I think that he has all the talent in the world. I think that he could be the greatest, one of the greatest wide receivers. But the biggest problem with Odell is, yes, he's inconsistent. I mean, we're talking about a guy that in his first two years broke the record for fastest to like 2,000 yards or something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, Odell was the guy in New York. Um, but I think that it's just a problem of I think this past year it was Baker Mayfield not throwing him the ball. I think that I would contrast what my boy said of he's getting the ball thrown to him all the time because he might get the ball thro- thrown to him five, six times, but if Jarvis Landry's getting the ball thrown to him 10 times, 12 times, I mean, Jarvis Landry had a thousand yard uh, receiving. Mm-hmm year last year so I think that Odell is the more gifted but if you can't perform if you can't show up with whatever you're given then yeah you are a little overrated so I will say that what do you think Gabe yeah I agree um I might be have been living under a rock but before that catch like I hadn't heard of Odell since his LSU days but um I I think Odell is he's just in his years with Eli, he was being force-fed the ball, and he was used to that, and he enjoyed doing that. But yeah. now he just needs to learn how to be like, how to share the ball, because he's got other good how receivers on his team with Jarvis Landry and David and Joku. So I think like once he learns how to do that, like he'll be set. Like you said, he's got all the talent, but he's still got things, some things he's got to work on. Yeah, and I I think when he kind of like Kyrie gain if he gains that element of maturity and where he can keep a clear head, I mean, he almost killed Josh Norman in in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. He he fought a field goal net and made and married it later on. I mean, if we're if he gets that level of maturity and kind of gains his composure, then I think he's going to be a kind of a a definitely a specimen in this league but guys we thank you so much for this week um we thank you so much for kind of the growth be on the lookout next week as we might be having some kind of uh nba all-time list or something like that um kind of preview to what's to come but guys have a good week stay safe watch out don't get the wash your hands wash your hands bye guys peace